This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from a rainy Studio City, California, this is the Knapsack Files. I'm Ken Knapsack, broadcasting from uh, my home studio here by myself, actually, tonight. I had some guests lined up, but some things fell through, and I had to, felt I had to get a show out to you, my listening audience. Is there actually a listening audience? There is, actually. There is. I make fun of myself, but the audience is growing, and I want to thank you, each and every one of you who listened to The Knapsack Files and also to Alicia Malone's Film School. Episode 2 is in the works of that uh, very well-received podcast that's going to start on this feed. And my hope for that podcast, as I said in Episode 1 of Alicia Malone's Film School, in which we took a look at Casablanca, my hope is that uh, that podcast will grow so fast and furious um, like Ms. Red Fury herself, Alicia Malone, the podcast will grow to the point where we need to move it to its own feed. For right now, it lives here. Uh, an update on another show idea that I told you that's going to come in 2015. That is the news show, Your Week Ahead. It is still in the works. You can follow it on Twitter at Your Week Ahead. It will say coming soon. And right now, I don't know when that soon is. I'm trying to work some things out. You see, I have a lot of things going on in my life. And so for me to actually sit down and write a uh, five-minute Minute news podcast, uh, which is what the plan will be, about a five to seven minute t- uh, look at the uh, world news, not just movie news. Um, the writing into that, well, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna take some time. My schmo news, which is a five minute news segment that I'm uh, thankful that I get the opportunity to do on the Schmoes No Movie Show every Thursday, live, 6 p.m. PST, on the uh, Escape Podcast YouTube channel. Uh, that segment, again, I do that. That's about four minutes at the least, uh, sometimes up to eight minutes. That can take me four hours of writing on Wednesday night. I know I know what you're thinking. Uh, for that drivel, we... It takes four hours, but yeah, it does. So I'm trying to find the time to do. I got to not find the time. I got to find the scheduling. I got to get the scheduling down to do your week ahead. I'm very uh, much looking forward to getting that started. I've subscribed to a lot of little news uh, apps that are going to help me find the news stories a lot quicker and be able to write it and record it and put it out for you guys. I love talking for you guys in front of the microphone. Uh, and, and a lot of you are asking for video. Uh, because uh, nowadays audio is uh, it's already archaic in the digital broadcasting world. But uh, right now I'm an audio man, not not because my face isn't uh, good enough for the camera. Well, it really isn't. But uh, I just love the microphone. That's, again, as you know, if you listen to the show, that's where I came from, started on radio and even beyond. As I said uh, recently, uh, my 2015 uh, podcast, uh, setting my goals for this year with you all, uh, started talking on microphones when I was like three or four years old with my dad. Um, sorry for this noise in the background. That sound you hear is me playing with my Indiana Jones uh, mailbox keychain. That's just what I do when I don't have guests. I just talk and play with toys, which is what I would be doing if I wasn't recording. 
So since I, I did have some guests lined up and, and some are coming, and, and sometimes, I got to admit, I usually record on Monday nights. Um, a lot about my schedule tonight. When I record on Monday nights, sometimes it's just hard to get people to come on out to Studio City on a Monday night, especially it's uh, drizzling here tonight in Los Angeles. Uh, there's a giant blizzard in New York and the East Coast at this time that is shutting things down. It is threatening the very fabric of society. And out here in L.A., we got some drizzle and the town is in chaos. But I love the drizzle so much. So uh, instead of going out tonight, I decided, you know, I'm going to stay indoors, kind of listen to the rain, and uh, do a little recording for you guys all here on uh, January, a late January in 2015. The first month is already gone. Can you believe this? We're already here. We're already past it. The year, we might as well start planning for 2016. My parents celebrated their 41st wedding anniversary today. 41st. I don't know why I said it like an overpronouncing English teacher, but I did. 41st. Um, and so congratulations to my parents, Al and Debbie Napsock, celebrating 41 years of marriage today. It has never, uh, not always been easy. It's not always been a joy, I'm sure, as they will both tell you. But uh, in this day and age, to stick it out, to stick through, um, that's something that I am in awe of and, and uh, definitely thankful for. It's weird because of my apprehensions of marriage. Uh, and my view of relationships that I've exposed uh, on this podcast and in life in general, you would think that I had some kind of bad example in my past. Uh, the basic psychology would, would dictate that, so you would think. But no, not really. My parents actually 41 years. Uh, I'm 30, coming up on 39. So uh, they've been, well, the whole time been married. And, and yeah, I know there were some times, I'm sure, that were... Um, tough or things that I, you know, didn't know about or, or close calls or whatnot. And even now they're both retired. So they're, they're at home alone, bickering at each other, uh, because they're, you're, you're stuck in a prison. You're not, you're not in here with me. I'm in here with you. Wait, I reversed that line. Hmm. Uh, all right. Uh, anyway, so, uh, yeah, but I have a, I have a good example of marriage, uh, working marriage in front of me. And I totally get the idea and respect the idea. And it's not even that it doesn't work for me. I just, marriage, it's, it scares me. It definitely scares me. I don't know why it scares me, and I don't know when it switched. It didn't. Uh, it wasn't always like that. I, I was. Uh, I just. You know, my friends in high school assumed I'd be the first to get married. I. I am actually going to be pretty much the last to get married from my high school group, um, if I even get married at all. And I'm not opposed to it, as you know. But it's something I could. I don't know, it's just something I just don't, don't see happening, and I don't know when the switch happened, and a lot of you out there share the same opinions or the same trip, trepidations I have, or some of you are married, so I want to hear, join the conversation, uh, hashtag the Knapsack Files, at Ken Knapsack, or go to the Facebook page, uh, the Knapsack Files, and tell me, tell me, how is your marriage working? How is it working? I don't know when my apprehension and trepidation towards, towards marriage really switched. Um, I do recall this, I'll tell you this. In, uh, I moved to L.A. in 1998, and in around 1999, I, you know, I really, really, uh, I was still, I was a heart on my sleeve, uh, want love type of kid, and I went to a friend's wedding, and it was held somewhat locally. He was a hometown guy, um, but uh, he uh, he held a wedding uh, close enough down here in Southern California, me and my friends uh, who I was living with, uh, we went, and Met some old friends from high school. We were just five years removed from high school. Oh, gosh, it seems like yesterday, too. And my friend, he had a, blush, a blushing, beautiful bride, and he had just uh, announced that he was going to be taking over his for his father in the automotive department at our high school. 
and uh, his dad had taught for 35 plus years, whatever, had had retired. And his son was picked to uh, hired and picked to take over for him. And I remember thinking, and I won't say my friend's name, and I don't know if he's listening, and I don't want to embarrass him. But mind you, he's happy. I know. I know. I've still talked to him on Facebook. He's got kids. He's he's since uh, left the teaching career, which is actually interesting based on the point I'm about to make. But uh, there's something in that moment at that wedding that scared me. And I looked at my friend and I thought to myself, here he is, 23, and it's all laid out in front of him. It's all there. The next 40 plus years of his existence are all set. He's married. He's got kids probably on the way, and and they did shortly after that. He's going to take over a a nice, respectable job from his father who did it for a long, long period of time before him, and that's it. 40 years. Now, for him, it was a great thing, and like I said, I know he is. I've seen his pictures. He's got a great, beautiful family. He did switch careers. He's no longer a teacher, so, you know, proof that I was wrong there. But he doesn't regret it, of course, for one day, I'm sure. But me, I sat there at the wedding thinking, this is terrifying. This is terrifying. I cannot comprehend knowing that from this point on, I've got the next 40 years are are planned. And I'm not a spontaneous person. Though Those that know me know I'm not going to sit there. I, I haven't traveled a lot. I don't. Uh, I'm, I'm very, very cautious, overly cautious in all aspects of life. Um, uh, I fear to commit to things. Uh, that's not just a relationship thing. That's also um, I, I have trouble choosing a movie to watch, not just on Netflix, but like, oh, gosh, do I want to get in my car and go to the movie theater? It's not just because I don't have time, kids. I got to confess something. I don't watch movies because I just I just don't want to commit those two hours. It's what if something else comes up? I don't know. So I'm sitting there at this wedding. I was a much different person than I am now. And I'm sitting there at this wedding and there's dancing and there's drinking. I didn't drink back then. I probably should have stuck with that. Uh, I didn't dance back then. I now drink and then dance. I think that's usually the order it happens in. And uh, I was terrified, terrified, not for him. Not fair to say that I was terrified for him, my friend, but I was terrified at just the notion, and it struck in my head that was the first time at 23 that the course had been reversed, that I pumped the brakes and thought, whoa, 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 this might not be what I want. I don't know. I still thought my my heart was definitely still on my sleeve, believe me, Um, and next few years, I... Uh, next few years, I actually I, I, I met a beautiful, uh, fun, vivacious girl who I fell head over fe- he- heels for. Uh, unfortunately, she was not in the position to accept my admiration, um, but we remained close friends. And that that whole situation, that I was all head on first, like, I want to marry this girl. Oh, if I could only marry her and I'd spend the rest of my days with her. And then bad things happened and I got my, my heart on my sleeve, got backfired and caused me problems. And then I was like, wait a minute, I think, yes, I, I think I don't want to get married. And all you amateurs, psychologists out there can analyze that all you want. But that was the moment at 23. So when I look at my parents just celebrating 41 years, I said it again like that, 41 years. Now I'm a bad Scottish accent uh, person here. Um, 41 years, it, it just becomes more and more impressive to me in this day and age of disposable relationships, but I get that too. Uh, I don't have a lot of great examples of marriage around me in my life now. That's not to say my friends who are married and around me aren't um, 
aren't happy. That's not that's not for me to say or comment on. But I'm just saying I just seen I've seen a lot of divorces. I've seen a lot of things crumble. I've seen fidelity issues. I've seen all that stuff to make me think. What well, marriage? What is it good for? War? Good God, y'all! What is it good for? I. <clears throat> And feel free. This is why I'm putting it out there. If you're listening and you and you communicate with me on social media, tell me what you think marriage is good for. I think it's just good to split a cable bill with. Um, and I feel sorry for the women in my life now, the women in my life in my past, and any uh, women, whether it be the same ones or not in my life in the future. I feel sorry for them because I, I – <laughs> They should find better people. And some of them did. Believe me, most of them did. Um, I think any any woman in my past, and this is, um, sounds like I'm, I, I know I get a lot of crap for being self-loathing on this show, but I'm actually stating a fact here. My finger's wagging in the air. This is actual fact. Um, like that movie Good Luck Chuck, seriously, most of the women that I've been romantically involved with um, over the past, I'm trying to do the math here, 15, 16, 17 years, um, the next person they found after me, they're married to. Now, I said that to some friend one time, and they said, well, yeah, but at your age, that's the norm. That's what's going to happen. They're, they're going to get married at some point. You either, if you're with someone, you either break up with them or you marry them. That's the only two real outcomes, uh, barring a tragedy, that could end a relationship. Either you break up with them or you get married with them. My therapist once told me that as well. Um, but going back to 2021, I'm doing again the math in my head. Yeah, actually, I think it's true. All but one uh, went on um, to get married. And I'm talking immediately. One, one got married years later, but she was uh, with the guy prior and then with the guy after me. So that one, that one kind of didn't count, but that was the big one that hurt. Um, one at 21, 22, uh, that person went on. Yeah. Oh my God. Even back then that person went on and the next man she was seriously involved with, she married, um, my, uh, relationship that ended in 2009, four days later, the, the girl was with the man who she is now married to with a kid. And believe me, all of them made right choices. Uh, but there were some girls along the way that I dated that, you know, I don't really, it's hard to say I don't date. I've never really been on a date, but just uh, hung around with until things happened. And um, I remember one girl, she moved back to Texas. It's like, I'm going to go find a husband. Sorry, got to go. She left. Uh, not that really just left me, but I was the last, kind of the last contact here. And there might have been some dates, I'm sure, in between between her uh, and other men. But basically, then she, in a month or so, was uh, ended up with a guy that she is now married with, with a, a brood of kids. So um, I could lay it all out like an Excel spreadsheet to prove my own point to you. But that's kind of kind of what I do. So I, I, I encourage you, actually, if the, I, I should probably charge, I should probably make it some sort of service. If you want to get married, if you're looking for the person in your life uh, to, to come into your life and, and be the one, just date me first. I'll break up with you in a awkwardly bad manner, and then you'll find love right after that. I should charge some sort of, what would the rate be on that one? I think probably at least 100 bucks. Uh, for a week, right? Or maybe a month? Am I underpricing or overpricing myself? I don't know. 
And you know, hey, I'll, you know, I'll even throw it out to the men out there. If you look, if you want to, you want to go get to, uh, married to a man, I'll, I'll date you for for a week or so. I'll take you to a nice spaghetti dinner or something, and then, and then we'll call it a night. And then you can go find love after that. Uh, it's uh, you know, no boundaries here. I want to help everybody. That's my point. <laughs> I wish I was. This is lemon water that I'm drinking tonight, not whiskey. I think the whole point of this was, before I uh, started a dating service in which I break up with you so you could find your true love, my whole point is I want to congratulate my parents on the marriage that they've uh, still got going on, 41 years. 41 years. Uh, they've done a great job. They did, you know, they did a great job. They did the best that they could with my sister and I, and things don't always turn out perfect. My sister's had a hard road at times, but she's got two beautiful uh, children that my parents can call their grandchildren. And then uh, I, I came out the worst of all because I'm a psycho mess um, with a head full of rocks and uh, bad emotions, um, but that's not my parents' fault. Um, they did a great job. And I had a great childhood, which is why sometimes uh, I feel bad that I turned out this way because I, I had a, a very solid upbringing. My parents were never the richest. In fact, they were less rich than I even knew back then. But they never, my sister and I never felt it. Uh, we never felt it. My parents took care of us. I still got Star Wars toys at Christmas, all right? Maybe I didn't get the entire set uh, like my friend John Key got around the corner, but I did get the Bespin Guard uh, from Empire Strikes Back. I got that figure. I got some Joes, too. I got some Transformers. I may have not got Optimus Prime, but I did get tiny little Bumblebee, and my parents did a great job. I never, uh, I never felt the struggle. I had a good existence, and they, uh, you know, it's a good example for me that I just apparently don't want to follow. And that's weird, too. I thought about it today. I went for, my, uh, I went for an afternoon walk in the rain, like I'm some sort of uh, Wes Anderson movie, and uh, I, it struck my parents 41 years now uh, married. I won't experience that. I won't experience that um, unless I, uh, yeah, I get married tomorrow. Uh, what is it, Monday? So uh, I'm recording this on a Monday. If I get married tomorrow, Tuesday, uh, then 41 years from now, I'll be pushing 80. It's conceivable. Still, the math is possible for me to uh, experience 40 years of marriage. But realistically, that's not going to happen to me. Realistically, it's not going to happen. And I always joke that I, I think I'm, I'm old and my friend Dan, Dan says, uh, shut up, you're, you're a young kid. And he's right. But I am getting older. I'm getting to the point of no return age is what I call it. Yes, men can have children uh, late into life, a lot long, later than women, um, just scientifically, biologically, biologically. Um, but realistically, for a normal situation, I'm coming to the point of no return where this uh, idea in my head that I'm not having children will become a real thing soon. It will absolutely become a real thing. Right now, it's still just, uh, well, this is the option I'm choosing. There is another option. Um, but eventually, yeah, realistically, if, look, if I'm 50, yeah, I could still have a kid. But would I want to have a kid at 50? I do know friends that have had done that, so maybe I'll ask them how it worked out. But my point is, I was walking along today in uh, my beautiful neighborhood here in uh, Studio City and in the drizzle and thinking, wow, 41 years. That is not going to happen to me. I missed that boat. That boat went out. Went out to sea. Mm. And then I made that sound, and everyone at the Aroma Cafe nearby looked at me out. No, that didn't happen.
Well, I did walk past the Aroma Cafe. I don't go to the Aroma Cafe. That's a change of subject, but I don't go to the Aroma Cafe. It's a beautiful place with great food and coffee nearby me here in Studio City. Uh, but every time I go there, the line... Oh, this is a weird look into my personality. Every time I drive by the Aroma Cafe, the line is out the door. It's like Pink's Hot Dogs down there in La Brea in Hollywood. It's one of those things. The line is out the door. I refuse. I have no problem with lines. If I'm at Disneyland, I can queue up like the like the best British person out there. Um, but um, lines for food, I just – no. I can't do it. There's a 7-Eleven nearby, and I'd much rather go get a 7-Eleven sandwich with no line and an energy drink than wait in the line for a great gourmet sandwich and coffee. I refuse to do it. And tonight, because it was raining, it was a Monday, it was about 4 o'clock, and I'm out there walking, bebopping along, listening to my sad bastard music on my iPod, and I pass by Aroma, and there is no line. I have my wallet in me when I'm walking. And my keys and all that stuff. And I'm thinking, well, I'm dressed in workout gear, but I have a sweatshirt and a hood. And I've got my wallet. I've got my keys. I'm a functioning member of society. There's no line in Aroma right now. I I could conceivably go in. And for the first time in the, in the three years I've lived around the corner from this kind of popular location in the valley, I could go try it. I looked at that door and I thought to myself, keep walking. I'm not going to wait in line for it, and I'm not going to try it now. That is a weird look into my personality. I have an odd stubbornness and attention to some sort of weird code that gets me nowhere. It gets me to a point in my life where I will never experience 41 years of marriage. I don't understand that. I'm going to a wedding soon. I'm going to a wedding soon. I was last, let's see, last wedding I was at. Let's do the wedding check. The, uh... My age, it starts, uh, you hit that peak in your mid-twenties. Well, the first, again, actually, yeah, the first real wedding I went alone as, as like, a f uh, adult out in the wilderness was the one I talked to you about when I was 23. Uh, around the same time my cousin Chad got married. That's family, um, though he's in my age bracket. Um, and then you hit a flurry, the late 20s to early 30s. There's a flurry of weddings, and all your friends get married, and most likely you, if you're, unless you're me, and then you're going to the weddings alone all the time. And then they start having the kids and everything. Like that. But now I've got some friends. There is a certain pocket of friends. They're not all Hollywood friends, but a certain pocket of friends that they're doing the late marriages, the 38 and above marriages, uh, which I think are, I think it's probably the way to go. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's another conversation. Um, so... The last the weddings start to die down. Then you kind of get these bonus weddings that pop up. Now, per, now here's the thing: I like I like weddings. I may not want to get married, but I do enjoy the hell out of a good wedding. They're fun, and 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 especially when I started drinking. And again, I don't I don't condone drinking, folks. If you're one of those people out there who's straight edge and doesn't drink, it is never has had a drink. You should stay that way. If you drank it and now you don't for other reasons. I encourage you to stay that way. But for me, I enjoy a good whiskey at a wedding and getting down and getting stupid on the dance floor. I would never have done that. It's a victory for me. It's a change. At that wedding that I talked about at 23 years of age when my friend got married, there was a moment where the bride came over to me and, and she was talking with us. She didn't really know us. Um, um, she had heard about us and she, she was talking with me and she, she grabbed She goes, come on, let's dance. And she grabbed my arm. Mind you, she's in the wedding gown. She's in the wedding gown. It's her wedding day. She grabs my arm and says, come on, let's dance. And I about nearly clocked her. 
I fought, I tugged on that arm like it was a church camp tug-of-war contest. And I said, nope, I don't do that. Nope, let me go. And she, oh, and she thought she thought I was being playful. She was like, nah, come on. And my friend's sitting there, the, the, the groom's going, yeah, come on, go out on the dance floor, have some fun, dance with her. And uh, I, 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 it about turned into a wrestling match. And she finally was like, okay, and dropped my arm and uh, found someone else to dance with. And I sat there content, like, I, I stuck to my guns. I, I don't dance. Dancing is, dancing is for stupid. Um, then in 2004, my friend, uh, Rhonda Starks, uh, a friend of mine, we were at a, a company Christmas party and I was still one of those, I, I don't, uh, I don't dance. I don't do that. And, uh, she said, uh, nope, uh, you're going to dance. And I, she hit me so quick by grabbing me. Um, Rhonda's about 10 years older than me or so. And just was like, nope, I'm going to show you how to have a little fun in life. And she pulled me on the dance floor. Uh, she got some whiskey in me and we danced, laughed, had fun. And it opened up a part of my life, uh, where I'm a little more, um, apt to being stupid. And that's kind of what it is. Drunk wedding dancing or just dancing at a wedding. It's about not caring how stupid, how clumsy, how awkward, or how white you look. You just let yourself go and you have some fun. So now I, I enjoy a good wedding. Because of this, I enjoy a good wedding. So I've changed from 23 to now. The last wedding I was at was summer of 2013 at the Jim Henson Studios. My friend Dave got married to his beautiful bride, Lindsay, and I was in that wedding. I was part of the wedding party, and we had a great time, and... Uh, I think there's some vines or some Instagram video out there of me dancing rather stupidly on the dance floor. So I'm looking forward to this one, except for I have to travel. And I know the, my friend Chris, who is getting married, probably listens. Uh, he listens to a lot of my shows, and I appreciate his patronage of my podcast. So I will not uh, say anything that comes across sounding negatively all at all. But I have to. It's an out of town wedding for me, and I'm kind of. I'm kind of grumbling to myself about that because I, I live a, a very busy life. It's not an important life. It's just a busy life. And so I got to get up to Berkeley, and I'm going to drive. I don't fly. It's I, I got over my fear of flying. Gosh, I have a lot of problems. I got over my fear of flying. Uh, first airplane flight I ever took was in uh, 2006, I believe, uh, 2007, I maybe, to Las Vegas. And then I uh, had to fly back and forth to Tennessee and uh, flew to Dallas when my ex uh, moved to Johnson City, Tennessee. So I, I got over it. I actually like flying. I actually like airports. But I hate flying, and I hate the hassle of airports. So, uh, yeah, it's a quick flight up to Berkeley or the uh, San Francisco area, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to drive. I'm going to get my little beat-up 2004 Camry with the CD player that no longer works, the tape deck that no longer works. Shocking. Uh, now I can't play any music. I have one of those iPod adapters that you tune in on your FM transmitter. Uh, so I get to hear all my songs like this. <laughs> That doesn't work. But I'm going to drive up there, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm very honored because Chris, who is getting married, is a very important person to my life. Uh, he was a friend in junior high, eighth grade. We were best running mates. And then uh, separated, uh, fell, fell apart a little bit uh, in, in high school um, because Chris was <laughs> one of the truest moments of my life. Looked at me years later, and, and I said, why, why did we not hang out as much in high school? And he says, well, I looked at looked at your group of friends, and I realized that I wanted to talk to women, and it wouldn't happen if I hung out with you. Uh, and he was right. Uh, and we, uh, but we, we, we remained friends, and then uh, I went back in a drama senior year, and we kind of reconnected again, and we'd see each other passing through time. And then all of a sudden, uh, 
He disappeared for a long while. I don't know what happened. It was his wanderness, and it wandered into the wilderness for seven years or so. Um, and then we we connected again through the magic of MySpace, social media. Thank you. And uh, which is why I don't bemoan social media that much, because it's really kept me or put me in contact or, or kept me in contact with very important people in my life. Anyways, we reconnected, and then uh, in 2005, Chris came down from San Francisco to see some of the comedy shows I was doing over at the Hollywood Improv, and we had did some tequila shots in the bar, and we had really key conversations that are very important to my life, whether I, I've said this to Chris, I believe, in person recently. If I haven't, I need to correct that during the wedding weekend, but um, he was a very important person uh, at, at a key time where I was coming out of... Uh, I, I was a year into dancing, well, as we just learned, uh, and I was still... I was, I was transitioning from the very, 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 very socially inept, socially awkward, shy guy... Um, why I might still be those things on some levels. I, it was paralyzing back then, and it was very. You think I'm bad? You think my self-loathing is bad now? First of all, some of that, folks, is me playing up to a character that I I, I don't know why, but I do. Um, and so the great change in my life happened in, in 2005. Uh, 2004, 2005, that I was 28, 29. And, and one of those was a conversation at the Hollywood Improv Bar with Chris, where Chris, uh, I said something about, you know, I didn't get any of the girls in high school. And he basically was like, shut the boop up. You had opportunities, but you focused on the wrong girls, or you were too shy, you weren't confident, blah, blah. This girl liked you, this girl liked you, this girl liked you. You just didn't want to see it, and it's disgusting, and it's your fault. I'm paraphrasing, of course. So um, that was a key moment, a key transition. And, uh, uh, Chris and I have uh, reconnected over the years since uh, then, off and on. He, he live, you know, you lived separate lives, um, but social media keeps you in check. And so he's getting married. He's getting married kind of late in the game. He's uh, uh, a few months older than me, so we're talking the 38, 39 range, and he's getting married. Um, and I'm very happy. I have not met his bride. I conversed with her over email. Um, but I'm in the wedding. And I got, at first I was a little shocked, i got to say. Like, I'm not in... Chris's life on a daily, daily uh, level, you know. Um, but uh, I'm honored, and I'm going to take it, and, and I got to, I got to figure out why. Why am I in his wedding? Uh, I'm sh certainly there's more important people out there, and I still am looking for the reason. And Chris, if you're listening, you better give it to me. Uh, give that reason to me over a stiff glass of whiskey at the wedding this weekend, or, or a couple weekends, I should say. Um, but they, I, at the same time, I kind of get it because. There's, I always call it, there's this phrase, Hall of Fame friends, Hall of Fame friends. Um, you might not see them for months, maybe even years. You, you might not talk to them on a daily basis like you did when you were roommates or when you were in college or when you knew each other in high school, or when you worked together. But the connection is so strong and, and so important and deep that, yeah, you know, they're in the Hall of Fame forever, and, and my friend Chris is one of those for me, and it sounds like I am for him on some level as well, and I'm honored to be in this wedding, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit it hard. I'm, I'm driving up to Berkeley. I got some hotel at some room, some hotel shattuck or something like that. The room prices are, well, I've seen worse, but I've seen far many better options, um, but I... I, I didn't care. I broke out the credit card. I'm going to go all out. I'm going to have some fun. Um, going to dance. Going to celebrate because I love a good wedding. And I honestly, I don't know how many weddings I'll have left to attend. I don't know. 
Most of my friends are off and married now. These wedding bells are breaking up the old army gang. I don't know how many more weddings I've got to attend in this state. I'm sure I can maybe attend some in my 60s, and I'll be the old guy in the corner that makes one of those internet videos. Hey, when this old guy hears his music, you never guess what'll happen next. That'll be me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rock around the clock tonight. Um, so until I hit that point, this is the, this is one of the last possibly possibly one of the last weddings I'll have as a uh, fully functional uh, approaching middle-aged adult. So I'm going to have fun, and I'll let you all know about it. I wish I could bring my gear up there. I can't make the bachelor party because of work and time and money and all those things that keep life uh, from fun things from happening in life. I can't go to the bachelor party, but I wish I could bring my gear up. Maybe I'll find a way to do it. I don't think we'll have time. I, what am I thinking? It's a it's a wedding that I'm not going to tell the groom. Do you do you have an hour to sit for a podcast? We'll do that another time. We'll do that on another time, uh, indeed. Um, I like I I I like being in weddings. It does it does cost you a bit. That's the secret thing they never tell you. Uh, hey, you're going to be in my wedding team. Awesome. Let me get my credit card cleared because this is going to cost me a bit. Uh, say that. Uh, I say that honestly. Sounds like I'm being a begrudging little brat, but if you've never had the chance to be in the wedding, if there's a younger listener out there, if you're like 14, 15, because I do have some listeners from the Schmoville who are that young or you're in your, your early 20s, and you never had the pleasure of being in a wedding. I've been in a few now, and I've been um, – I've never been the best man. I've been like the number two. I've given a speech at a wedding. Um, I've uh, done all that stuff. I've had some fun bachelor parties local here in Hollywood. Um, I've done all that. It is fun. I r- don't don't shy away from it. If you're ever asked to be in a wedding and there's a choice involved, do it. Do it. It's fun. I um, my friend Joel got married in 2006. I was in the wedding party, and I the week of it. The wedding was on Saturday. And the week of it, I, um, well, my gallbladder got taken out in a very emergency-like situation. I was whisked away in an ambulance to Cedar sinai and I spent three days in the hospital. And I got out on a Saturday morning. My friend Paul and his brother Jeff and uh, his dad Gary picked me up and whisked me away back home, dropped me off in my house in Northridge, where I promptly uh, showered and put on a tuxedo and drove to the wedding location and joined Joel's wedding party with no rehearsal. I had to figure it all out. It's kind of easy. Step together, step together. Walk now, turn here, go. Uh, they did crash course rehearsal, and I danced. I, I shouldn't have set me back in my recovery, but that's how much I love weddings, and that's how much when someone asks you to be in a wedding, you take that like they're asking you to be in the fellowship to take the ring back to Mordor. Um, just don't do the... Um, uh, Sean Bean route and get yourself killed going for the ring. Well, that started off celebrating my f- parents' 41st. I'm, I went down my own rabbit hole there. But you, uh, yeah, that was fun. 41 years to my parents, and now I'm talking about being in weddings and dancing drunk at weddings. That's how it works here on the Knapsack Files, a special edition by myself. Um, if you've ever been in a wedding, you've got a crazy wedding story, I want you all to tell me. At Ken Napsock or hashtag the Napsock Files or on Facebook. Uh, find the Napsock Files there. And you can also go to my, uh, uh, I hate to say this, it's 
I guess technically a, a fan page. It's not – it's whatever. It's a professional page. How about that? That's a term I'm comfortable with. It is a professional page on Facebook. Just look for Ken Knapsack. I'm getting a lot of Facebook invites um, through the power of Schmoville, power of Jedi Alliance. I uh, got a lot of Facebook friend requests. And I um, I said yes to a lot of them early on. And I got to be honest, it's a little weird to me because I I view Facebook as a very open perf- per- per- public forum, even on my, quote, personal page. But there's some things uh, that I have a lot of friends and family. And uh, how do I say this carefully? Sometimes uh, the fans who are friends of mine on Facebook, uh, who know me from Schmoes No and other uh, venues um, – I just don't like the interaction with some of my family. That's not to say all of them. And uh, there's there's a lot out there, actually. If you're listening and uh, uh, you you want to add me on Facebook, do it. Uh, if I don't, you'll know. You, it'll just sit there for a while. But there's some of you um, – I'm very uncomfortable with the notion of, the, of reaching out and adding you. Uh, but there's a lot of people out there um, – the one thing I love about being part of Schmoes No and the Schmoes No movie show crew is where the fans were very interactive with their fans. So I get it. Uh, some of the fans actually become friends uh, of mine through social media. Um, and um, some of our fans become staff members. That's worked out. So it's not that I'm opposed to it, opposed to having that connection. But. If you have a picture, if you see a picture of me, and it's of me and my two-year-old niece, um, just watch some of your comments. How about I say that? All right? That is uh, – anyways, long story short, I have a fan page now, a professional page. Excuse me. Go find that there. Gosh, um, I'm rambling down the rabbit hole tonight. I did want to talk about one more thing before we go. We're almost out of here, folks. If you've stuck around this long, um, it's a testament to the fact that you maybe needed something better to do tonight. Um, I did, but I'm talking I, – I get a lot of crap for uh, self-loathing, depression, all that stuff. Look, it's here to stay. Again, some of it's trumped up. Some of it is a bit of a character I play on the Shmoes No Movie Show. Am I really that much of a grump? Eh, maybe, but not to that, to that degree. I am much more um, open and compassionate and have empathy. And um, I have apathy, but I have empathy for a lot of things and a lot of people and a lot of notions. And I can get along with just about anybody. I very rarely draw lines. I very rarely get offended. Um, so sometimes my grumpiness is just an extension of an on-air personality. But I cannot lie about the fact that uh, I'm a depressed person. 2014, as I documented in my last episode of the Knapsack Files, 2014 saw me uh, really battling with some old demons again, and I've battled them hard along the years. Um, so I also start, I started to do a series in 2014 called Tips to Fail By, and um, I started it. I think the first one I did was about weight loss, and it was tongue-in-cheek. It was fun, and um, it was a different episode. I get it, and a lot of you, if you're listening to the show, you probably like my interviews with the guests. Trust me, I like them better, too, than these episodes. But um, I thought it was a fun little uh, comedy piece, and it, uh, it wasn't like it was greeted with uh, giant negativity. It just was not greeted at all. It was a lot of silence on the other end of that episode, so I decided not to do it. Some friends suggested to me that, look, uh, the episode was kind of, there's a lot of negative connotations in what you're doing, and, and, and they want to they wanna enjoy your success with you. They're fans. They're supporters of you. They're friends of you. They don't want to hear you uh, hammering on yourself. I don't realize. The best man in this wedding I'm going to, he, he lives in Boston. We were talking, or outside Boston. We were talking. He goes, man, sometimes your status updates, man, are you okay? 
are you okay? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he goes, and he points to some. I'm like, wow, I didn't realize that sounded that bad. He's like, yeah, yeah, you, you don't really like yourself. And I'm like, no, I, I like myself okay-ish, uh, but I'm not that negative. But anyways, I decided to, I'm not, I was going to do another tips to fail by tonight, actually. When I knew I didn't have a guest, I thought, let me do another tips to fail by. And then I realized the resounding silent thud that rece- uh, <laughs> was received um, after that episode. So I decided, you know what, I'm not going to do um, tips to fail by. Well, that might come later on, but I'm going to do things that make me happy. Yeah, yeah, you know what, there's actually things out there that make me happy. And I think uh, you should find what makes you happy, and you should tell me what makes you happy, assuming it's legal and morally acceptable. Um, so here's a, here's a quick list of things that make me, Ken Napstock, the pit boss from Shimmel's No Movie Show and all that junk, happy. The notorious grump that I am. The notorious depressed lump that I am. Yeah, there's actually things that make me happy. One of them, you know what I like? A long meal with a good friend or friends. That's right. Like the Paul McCartney ode to Picasso. Drink to me. Drink to myself. You know I can't drink anymore. Um, I enjoy sitting down. My friend Cecily once told me years ago uh, when I was like uh, 26, she's like, you're like a retired man. You love to go to dinner at 4 p.m. and take a long time having a nice big dinner. Yes, I do. I like going to dinner early, beating the rush, getting a nice table, getting a plate of food. This is why I like Mexican food because I like that. That's a lot of options. There's chips. There's salsa. You can get more of the chips and more of the salsa when you finish that, and then you can get more chips and more salsa when you finish that. Usually, I go to four chips, four four baskets of chips. This is why I got a problem. Um, and then you got you got your enchiladas, you get your beans, your rice. You can go to your taco. You can order a la carte. You, you you can take your time with a good Mexican food meal. That's why I love it so much. Italian food, kind of the same thing. I just pasta doesn't do well with me anymore. As I, in my advancing age, I've cut out pasta pretty much completely. Um, but I just enjoy a long meal, talking, joking, laughing, not even drinking. I actually don't like to drink much alcohol at a dinner. I like to save that uh, for social social situations, um, reserve my drinking for then. Uh, but, you know, give me some water, maybe too much soda. I was once told by a Chili's waitress uh, in 2002 uh, that after 19 uh, Dr. Peppers, she wasn't going to get me more. This is also why I have a sugar problem. Um I also drink. Ever since I was a child, I drink like crazy. My mom thought I had some kind of... I'm going to drink now. Mmm. Water with lemon. I'm trying, kids. I'm trying. So that's one thing that makes me happy. A long meal with good friends. Um, I hope you enjoy that, too. Do you enjoy that? Tweet me. Find out. All that stuff. Hashtag blah, blah, blah. I also like finding a new song to love. And, an, and a side note, movies. I enjoyed finding out that, much like Alicia Malone knew... I loved Casablanca. I really did. It wasn't just lip service for the sake of that podcast. Believe me, if Alicia Malone shows me a movie on Alicia Malone's film school that I go, eh, I'll tell her. Me. I'll make that sound again. Me. I loved Casablanca. It was a character I connected with. It. And Alicia knows me enough now here working with me the last year at Schmoes know that she knew I would connect with that character. Uh, Alicia, you're sneaky. But um, I loved finding a new movie to love. 
As much as I say I don't like watching movies, I love that. But more important than that, music is what moves my soul, as it does a lot of people. I'm an old radio guy. I've done the shows here on Knapsack Files with my friend Jay Arrett. Uh, we've done the music shows, and we're going to do more of those. And you know what? I-, I hope you guys go back and listen to those if you're music fans. If you haven't heard those episodes, uh, go back to the Knapsack Files and find them. Me and my friend Jay, um, we, uh, 10 years ago, we would go back and forth on email talking about music and uh, pop music, rock music and all that good stuff we uh we didn't lose con- connection we're still we've been friends in a, in a very serious fantasy baseball league for a long time but uh we we kind of reconnected on on that side of it like hey man music let's talk more about music and i had kind of got out of it i don't i don't uh, listen to music and pay for music and, and download music and all so i don't do it as much as i uh did 10 years ago and beyond when i uh, wrote for tinymixtapes.com and uh don't forget i have my book if you want to read my book tiny mixtapes of the soul it's available on amazon amazon uh downloadable to kindle it is a digital book uh, tiny mixtapes of the soul. Uh, f- uh, four years of confessions uh, of writing for tinymixtapes.com. Uh, some of you might not know that. Um, and then, of course, my radio career. I love music, so I love more than anything. One of the things I love, and I've been doing it a lot lately, is finding a new song to love. A song that moves me, a song that shakes me. Recently, it was Josh Joplin's The Growing Up Boy. Other songs, you know, it's a safety not guaranteed. The great, that, that great little indie movie, uh, Colin Trevorrow and, and Mark Duplass. Uh, that movie, Mark Duplass has a song in there the, called Big Machine. That, that When I found that song at the end of that movie, Movie and he also plays an acoustic version in the movie. That that one grabbed me, and I I was so overjoyed. It's it's finding a group like Dawes. Uh, if the song the song if I wanted someone, which I, I I just took as a bit of a mantra, and I after that dove into it. it it's even finding a, a new song to love from an old band, Eels. Mark Oliver Everett. I'm such a fan of of his work with Eels and even his solo stuff with a man called E. Um, E, as he's known to his friends, uh, he, he put out his album uh, this, this past year, 2014, and, and the song Mistakes of My Youth. Uh, I love being blown away by an artist you already know and love, and a song comes on, you think, yes, this goes into the catalog. It goes into the complete canon of that person's work, that, that, and this song moved me. Ryan Adams comes out with his album, self-titled this year, Ryan Adams. That guy, one of the great... I could do a show on Ryan Adams. You can hear the passion in my voice. And he comes up with his album and and uh, Wishing Well. Oh, my God, that song. Uh, and Tired of... T- the song Tired of Giving Up. Those songs. And Give Me Something Good. That album. Gosh. If you haven't checked it out, uh, Ryan Adams... Uh, hot damn, he's such a great songwriter. I love finding a new song to love. That is one of the things that makes me happy. Another thing that makes me happy is exercising. I should probably drink some water and say that without a, uh, my tongue catching the top of my mouth. Exercising. When I almost bailed. I actually like exercising, believe it or not. Um, I know I don't look like I do, but I actually love getting in the gym and working out. I work it at my friend Paul's house. He has a big garage gym, so it's really uh, I like it's 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 sweaty. It's like working out in Rocky Four. It's very organic. 
Uh, but there's those times when you're like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Don't make me work out. I'm not going to go. I'm going to go home and have a pizza. And you force yourself into the gym and you crank something out there and you get a few reps in and your blood starts pumping and you get going and you do something uh, that makes you feel proud. I love that feeling. I love driving away back home from the gym or I love uh, walking back to the house when I've gone down to the park and worked out. And I thought, you know what? I. And it's different from the days where you're like, yes, let's get up and work out. Those days, I love those days too. Uh, I've been having them a lot recently. I'm trying to lose weight for this wedding. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to hit my 10-pound goal, but I'm going to be in better shape than I was at the end of uh, 2014. That I can guarantee. But those days where you're like, yes, we're going to get up, we're going to work out. I love those days. But it's those days where you're like, I don't want to. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And you end up doing it. Those are the days. And those are the moments that really make me happy. When you force yourself into the gym, when you force yourself on the floor to do that push-up, and you feel that feeling of, what's it called? What's it called? Accomplishment. I like the feeling of accomplishment, particularly when it's tied to exercising because it's something that is, it's not hard to do, and it's very easy to get lazy and not exercise. Not that uh, I'm Jane Fonda pimping my workout videos here, um, but why did I make that reference? That's weird. Final thing I'll talk about that I love, and there's more things, and I'll do more of these in other shows. When I'm by myself, sometimes I will throw these out. I will throw these out to you, things that make me happy. The final one. Well, there's two. The snooze button. Dear God, dear God in heaven, thank you for creating the person who created the snooze button. It's the greatest thing ever, is it not? I over-snooze. I have a tough time waking up. It doesn't matter if I have to wake up tomorrow at 6 a.m., which uh, thankfully I don't, or I have to wake up at 9 a.m., or sometimes I've slept to 11. I hate getting up. I cannot get out of bed. I hate it at any time. And that snooze button is the greatest thing in the world. When the alarm goes off and I roll over in bed and I think, not for another 10 minutes, click. And then 10 minutes later... Not for another 10 minutes. Click. I love the snooze button. The only thing I love more than the snooze button is a nice, hot shower. No, I mean literally a hot, hot shower. That made me one of my favorite things of all time. Do you know, here's a fact about Ken Knapsack. He's fallen asleep in the shower at least three times in his life. On at least three or four occasions, Ken Knapsack has gotten out of a extremely hot shower and an extremely long shower and he's passed out. Yeah, you're right. I should probably get that checked. But I have fainted post-shower because I enjoy... I wait so... The drought in California is my fault. It's my fault. I'd like to confess that. I just like getting in the shower and thinking and talking, singing practicing some stand-up bits if I'm doing stand-up comedy. Think about some scripts I'm writing. Think about a show I'm going to do. I just like staring off into the distance with that hot water pouring over me. What a horrible mental image for all of you out there I get. But for me, and then I've literally, there has been, I'm not joking. If you think I'm joking, you're wrong. If I'm lying, I'm dying. I have laid my head up against the side of the shower wall and fallen asleep. Was it for a long time? No. 20 seconds maybe at the most but I've done that hey, where am I oh I'm still in the shower and then I said a couple times my blood pressure has dropped so much because the shower is hot the bathroom's hot and then I just promptly uh, 
just promptly, oh, I feel, I feel kind of dizzy. Better get to my bed and wake up like 30 minutes later. I'm going, where am I? I love the snooze button. I love showers. See, there are things out there, people, that make me happy. And I'm going to share more of them with you in 2015. I don't always want to be a negative person. I don't always want to be a self... I'm working on the self-loathing thing. And you out there, too, find something you don't like about yourself that's realistic. I'm not talking about some kind of something that's put down on you by society. I'm not talking about some negative thing about, uh, you know, I don't like my double chin. I don't like mine either, but I'm going to hit the gym. I don't, I don't want that. I'm not talking about find the thing you hate about yourself. I, I want you to find the thing that you know you need to work on. Look, I'm pounding my fist on my desk here because this is, this is a real thing. here. Find just one thing that you want to work on this year and take it in a positive way. It might not even be about yourself. It might be about how you treat other people. It might be about, you know, instead of thinking about it, I'm actually going to I'm going to check into that homeless guy and see if I can help him. Uh, I'm going to be nice to this person in that situation. Find something or or for me this year, it's it's trying to get the happier thoughts that I bury inside of me and I keep to myself because I just feel there's thoughts for myself. And I put the negative, uh, self-loathing, depression thoughts out there because I can, I can make those funny. In my head, those are funnier. And half the time, it's just a joke to myself. And then friends call me and go, what's wrong? You hate yourself. Um, but this year, I'm going to try to be not positive like some kind of sunshine song or a poem from the 60s. I'm talking about I'm just, I'm just going to try to expose the happier thoughts a little bit more. And I'm going to do that with you guys here on the Knapsack Files. Uh, we're going to be back. I'm going to throw away this napkin that I keep crinkling. It's been a weird show. And if you stuck with me through all these 50-plus minutes, you are a champion, and I love you all. If you shut off two minutes in or you just now uh, jump to the end, um, you probably made the wise decision. But uh, the Knapsack Files is going to roll on in 2015. We've got some great guests lined up. We do have some great guests lined up. I've just got to get them to my studio. That's the problem of trying to do it here uh, on my own in my house at the Knapsack Files Studios in Studio City, California. Got some great guests lined up. I uh, got a lot of more stuff with the Schmoes this year. Jedi Alliance is going on strong right now. Uh, working on some other things, possibly a baseball podcast, possibly a Saturday Night Live history podcast. Um, a lot of things uh, coming, coming, uh, and, and Game of Thrones is coming soon. And I'm working on some stuff in that realm, maybe a couple things in that realm that I'll be excited to share with you. Of course, your week ahead is going to is going to come soon. It will be your week ahead. We'll start on this feed. Uh, it just it will start soon. I'm just working out the scheduling, like I said. The next time you'll probably hear from me here on this feed will be Alicia Malone's Film School Episode 2. We are in talks for that. Again, so thankful to those people that were receptive to that show because it is a passion project for Alicia Malone, and I'm just happy to kind of shepherd it into the world. I'm honored. It's not always going to be me, by the way. Uh, um, I'm, I'm her main student, maybe, because I've seen, of all the friends in our group, I've, I've probably seen the least amount of movies. Uh, but there's other people, um, Copster and Christian Harloff and some of the other main Schmoes characters that she wants to sit down with and, and teach them to appreciate all the movies that she knows. So a lot of you have been receptive to that, being on this feed, and I thank you for that. This is where it's going to start. I know it's not where it's going to end because that show is going to take off, and I'm happy to uh, help Alicia accomplish that. So that's probably the next time you hear from me on this feed. Don't forget to follow us on uh, Instagram. No, where are we at? Friendster? LinkedIn? 
No, Facebook. You can find the Knapsack Files on Facebook. Go to my professional page, Ken Knapsack, on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter, at Ken Knapsack, on Instagram, at Ken Knapsack. Uh, this show is on Stitcher. It's also on iTunes. It's also on Podomatic. That's where it's actually housed. That's the home, is Podomatic. You can find it on there, too. Uh, but if you're on iTunes, do me a favor, subscribe, rate, and review. This show is filed in the comedy section on iTunes, which is stupid. That means uh, there, there's 20,000 other comedy podcasts, and this is not what I would call a comedy podcast. It's actually more of a slice of life. I gotta find uh, maybe switching some categories around uh, on iTunes. Anyone's got a suggestion, let me know. You can uh, hashtag me at the Napsa, uh, hashtag the Napsuck Files when you're tweeting me at Ken Napsuck. Alright, I said enough of that uh, BS social media promotion stuff. This has been an interesting uh, edition of the Knapsack Files, me, a glass of lemon water, and you. So, uh, until next time, this is Ken Knapsack, this is the Knapsack Files, we will see you next time.